Doula and Midwife podcast with Charlene Yarrod-West, founder of Relax Into Birth, online hypnobirthing, and me, the virtual midwife, Karen Wilmot. We came together to bring you Relax Into Birth Plus, which is our comprehensive online antenatal course, focusing on labor, birth, and beyond, and featuring extensive hypnobirthing techniques and a deep understanding of the physiology of birth and ways to avoid unnecessary medical interventions. We've always got so much to share, and that's why this podcast was born, where we can share birth stories with you, as well as updates that happen in the birthing world. And every now and again, we even interview birth workers from around the world to share birth practices outside of South Africa, where we both are. We also take time to answer your burning questions about pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. And this week, we are going to be talking about water birth, why it works, how it works, and what you need to know. Hello, Charlene. How are you? Hello, Corin. I love talking about water birth, the midwives, epidural. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing form of pain relief and for relaxation. It's very calming. So let's dive right in to the water birth. Corin. Yeah. Well, I think you've kind of like almost summed it up, you know, by calling it the midwives yeah, epidural. Yeah, let's end the podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what you're saying is that it's a really effective form of pain relief. Yes, very mm. much so. Mm. It's such a helpful tool in any birth setting. So what is it that makes it so effective for pain relief? I found a quote Ooh, from an yes. author, Christine Brown, explains how the uterus and surrounding abdominal muscles are acutely sensitive to pressure during labor. If a woman tenses her abdominal muscles during a surge, the pain of the surge will increase. A mother immersed in warm water experiences a feeling of weightlessness, deeper abdominal muscle relaxation, and therefore less pain. And the uterus is able to contract more efficiently. Yes, and seeing as you're quoting stuff, I'm going to talk a little bit about also something about buoyancy and explain how the buoyancy effect helps. And it all goes around the Archimedes principle, would you believe? Oh, <laughs> wow. And basically what the Archimedes principle says is that um, it's about the displacement of water. Like why does a ship float? It's, yeah. it's the weight of the ship displaces the similar amount of water so it floats. Whereas yes. if you put a cork in water, it, it just like bounces on the top because it's not heavy enough to displace any water. And it's about the effect of that water and exactly that, the pressure that it exerts on the mom's belly, which gives her that weightless feeling, as well as allowing her to move around a lot more freely. So that's what makes it, you know, moving positions when you're in the later stages of labor can be quite difficult and uncomfortable because you're already, there's so much happening, the spaces between your surges are much shorter. So moving from an upright position to a forward leaning position can feel like really difficult whereas if you're in the water it's so much easier because you've got that weightless feeling i mean think about when we're swimming we can do handstands and all sorts of things yes in the water I, there's no way i'd be able to do a handstand mm. on land i definitely experienced that in my labor i spent a lot of time on the loo and found that i couldn't move from there until i was encouraged by the birth team around me to try to move to the water and I was way more mobile in the water, mm. way more flexible. Mm. And it feels easier to move. And also the warm, the warm water is comforting. Yes. There's also something that I hear a lot on the forums where moms are saying, I've been told that water slows down the labor. 
So it's also about using it in the at the correct time. And then for our listeners, they're going to say, well, how do I know what the correct time is? So have you got anything to share about that? Yes. So generally, the thought is to wait until around active labor has begun around four to five centimeters before you get into the water for pain relief okay but it's not a hard and fast rule because Mm -hmm. you might have a mom who's so stressed out Mm -hmm. and nothing is working and the only thing that will calm her down is to be immersed in water so then get in the water if that's going to help you get in the water but if obviously if it does slow down labor then you'd have to get up, walk around, and you can get back in the water. It just means topping it up with warm water. I really like that. No hard and fast rules. Mm. Because first of all, you don't know when you're four to five centimeters if you're still at home. And secondly, if it does slow things down, what's the rush? You know, if it gives you a moment of respite and it gives you an opportunity to really relax, it might be what you need mentally and emotionally for your body to get back into that physical rhythm that we need for labor so sometimes just spending half an hour or 45 minutes relaxing in that beautiful warm pool will give you the break that you need and then you can get up get out you might even sleep or doze while you're in the water and then you can get up and get out and get active again and moving and get things going it's also for the birth team to keep an eye on the mother in the water Because being in the hot water for too long can make her quite tired and can can exhaust her. So you have to keep offering her little sips of water or cold juice. Even ice is really a lovely thing to be having in the birth pool because of that contrast of the hot and cold. And it can give you a little bit of energy and also something to focus on. It's also counter irritant ice during a surge. Um, so something else to focus on. Okay, so sucking on the ice yeah. or having it on your, someone rubbing it on your forehead? Sucking or chewing on it. Okay. Yes. So it's a distraction. It's a distraction. Yes. A cold washcloth can also work on the forehead. So just making sure she doesn't dehydrate in the warm water. And maybe it also means standing up, cooling down a yeah. little bit and then getting back in. I think it's important to um, know that once you're in the pool, you don't need to stay there. You know, stay in as long as it feels good, then get up, move around, and you can always come back again. And in a long labor, there might be times that you're constantly emptying and filling the pool. You won't empty it completely, but you empty enough to be able to add enough water that when you get back in, the temperature is right. Yes. And that often falls to the birth companions, Mm. the doula and the dad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Or whoever else is there. It doesn't necessarily have to be the dad, the birth partner. Mm-hmm. It falls to us to keep filling the pool, making sure it's at body temperature of 37 degrees, mm-hmm. not too hot, not too cold. Mm. There's often an urn going in the background for top-ups. Yeah, that's the best way of keeping that water at the right temperature is just constantly topping it up with one of those massive big urns. And often around the time of birth, if you're having an intended water birth, then we often have to quickly rustle up some hot water mm. to, to bring it to, to the right top temperature. Up, yes, to make sure the baby comes from body temperature into body temperature. And also making sure that the depth is correct, because there's no point just sitting in a tub of water that only comes up to sort of just covering your legs. Yeah. You know, you really do need that water to be covering your entire belly, sort of up to 
your yes, armpits in yes. a way. That's where it's going to be most effective mm. and where you're going to get the effect of the weightlessness and the buoyancy that will give you the ability to move around freely. At home births, when we haven't had a birth pool and we've just had the bath, I've had to cover up the outlet plug. To stop it from continuously draining. From draining out. And also a bathtub doesn't really give you the freedom of movement that you need. You know, a traditional birth pool is is big enough that you can recline with your arms sort of resting on the edge of the pool and then easily push yourself forward to be on all fours. On all fours or leaning over the other way. But it really does give you a lot of room to maneuver and there could be somebody else in there if the partner wanted to be behind you or sitting in front of you when you're birthing. I mean, I've been at many births where the partner gets in the pool with the birthing mom, and that's great. Yeah. At those births, the one midwife that I work with says, please, can you just make sure you put on some boxes too? You don't need to also be naked, be naked with the mom <laughs> inside the pool. Yeah, that, that's too much please for us. Be our... kind to your birth workers around you, <laughs> your birth team. Yeah, and I think the other thing that, um, the other benefit of water besides the effect on managing the sensations is the ability to be in more upright positions more easily. You know, we always talk about squatting and sitting, but the reality is that most of us don't ever squat. I mean, I don't, in my daily activities and daily life, I definitely don't squat. It's not something that we really do that much, our modern lifestyle anymore. So, you know, everyone says, oh, I'm going to give birth in a squatting position or I'm going to labor in a squatting position. And then two minutes later, you're like, oh, it's really difficult, it's really uncomfortable. But in the water, squatting is very easy. Or being on your knees for an extended period of time is easy. Sitting in an upright position actually feels more comfortable when you're in the water Mm. than what it does on land. And the benefits of being in an upright position are so many. Yes. Um, mainly that it, it means that the baby's head exerts equal pressure on the dilating cervix, which is great because that's really going to help. I didn't know that, Corinne. Oh, didn't you? No. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. It's just in the, the whole, water. Well, not necessarily in the water. Any upright position oh, right, allows right, right. for yes. the baby's head to be exerting equal pressure. Right, I understand. In, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, which most of the time we want. Okay, it can be uncomfortable, but I think that's when going into the water then, you've got that same pressure being exerted, but you've also got the upward force of the water, which eases it, so it feels Mm. easier. That's how the water really helps. It makes so much sense. And then the other reason that um, you're less likely to have tears and need an episiotomy in the waters for the exact reason, that you've got the counter force of the water. Holding you. It's supporting the perineum. So birthing and pushing and the downward the, the the crowning of the head is so much more comfortable and you don't experience that burning sensation you know that we refer to it as the ring of fire which i don't really like yes because it's quite a negative connotation but that's what many women refer to it as but that burning stretching sensation when baby's head is crowning is experienced very differently in the water than on land because you've got the warming soothing effects of the water and it softens all the tissues. Softens everything, I mean. Lubricates. Yep. And then those upright positions as well allows for more movement in the pelvis, you know. It's creating space in the pelvis. And then the, the coccyx, which is mobile in pregnancy because of relaxin, is able to move out the way when the baby's head descends. Mm. Whereas if you're lying on your coccyx, 
then it's kind of static. It can't move. Yes. Whereas uh, any upright position, but upright positions in water are just so much easier. Yes. And also to note that you don't have to be completely naked when you get into the bath. Mm -hmm. But you are in labor, so you don't need to worry about those things if you want to be naked. One of the things that I've noticed and that has actually been documented is that once women get into active labor near, transi near transition, they actually naturally start shedding their clothes because yes. they get so hot anyway and just having anything touching them is too much. Too much. Mm -hmm. So um, that's always a good sign because we know then that things are really picking up. Yes, leave your inhibitions at the door. Mm -hmm. But if you're in hospital and there are some interruptions, people coming in and out, you can have a, a towel in the water mm. with you mm. to just pull up over you if you want. To keep covered, yeah. Yes, and it's also nice to kneel on a towel or a piece of sponge. Mm. So that's quite helpful mm. in baths that don't have that sponge bottom. Because the birth pools generally have softer surfaces to kneel on. Yeah, because it's inflatable, so yes. it's quite comfortable. But very often what happens with um, the disposable liners is if, if they fold, sometimes yes, when you're putting them, there'll exactly. be a fold, and that fold can be very uncomfortable. So that's where yeah. the towel or sponge comes in handy very. for the knees. Um, and then as you mentioned as well, making sure that you stay well hydrated, especially if you are in it for longer periods of time. And on that, I just also want to talk about um, early labor. Because although we don't recommend being in the water in early labor because of what we spoke about earlier where it slows labor down, if you're not in a rush and you want to go into the pool, if it stops labor because you got in the pool, it was probably going to stop anyway. Yes. So it doesn't mean it stopped and it will never start again. It just means that it wasn't quite ready. It eased off and it might start up again in a couple of hours time or maybe the next day and that's mm. also okay. And that is something that the midwives say two moms who are birthing with midwives, even the doulas will say this, is to if to establish, to ascertain if it is labor, hmm. to get into the bath, to make sure if it goes away, then probably it was just a practice round. Yes. But if it continues in the warm bath, then it could be a sign that labor is imminent or happening. Exactly. And in that case, you're not going to fill up your birth pool. Yeah. You can just do that literally in your bathtub with some candles and nice music. And just hang out and see what happens. But yes, it's a great way of ascertaining whether it is the real deal or just the warming up. Yes, and it also complements, water birth complements the hormonal release. Absolutely. So it helps to lower adrenaline because of the calming, soothing effect of the water and ups that love cocktail of hormones that we mention at almost every podcast that we do together. <laughs> I just think about how I feel when I get into a warm bath after a long day. I mean, yes. there's a natural, just like, ah, oh, release. So yes. there's no different when you're in labor and even more comforting, especially yes. if you are already in active labor. And let's talk about the baby coming out into right. the water. Because often that is the worry or the concern or the question that parents, even that some doctors may have around water birth. Is it safe for the baby to be born in water? What about drowning? What about all these issues? Let's talk about that. Well, Karen, one, <laughs> one doctor said to me, we are not dolphins, so we shouldn't be birthing in water. Wasn't sure what to say except to say, yes, we are not dolphins. 
but that water really helps and in terms of the breathing of the baby etc what i've seen and what i've read is that the baby comes from water into water mm, mm. a water birth is a hands-off birth so mm. your care providers are not touching the baby's head and it's not encouraged that the mom touches the baby's head either as it's emerging or crowning because then that would stimulate the breathing reflex of the baby so instead it's a hands-off birth as far as possible as far as possible and the care provider is using a mirror to observe the baby coming out the baby takes its first breath when it face when its face hits the fresh air because so, of the change in temperature yes and pressure mm. and so the baby emerges out of the water but while it's still in the water it's not breathing it's not using its lungs but it's still getting oxygen from the umbilical cord which yes. is still attached so its oxygen needs are being met yes yeah and babies are also born with something called a dive reflex and basically what this is, is it causes babies to swallow any liquid rather than inhale it. So they don't inhale water during a water birth because of that dive reflex. And it's there to prevent them from accidentally inhaling milk as well. And it lasts for six to eight months after birth. So hmm. it is something that is there, that is inherently there to protect them. Just like the gag reflex protects them from choking. Yes. And of course that doesn't mean that choking never happens, that it doesn't mean that inhaling ever happens. But we have to remember that those reflexes are present and to work with them and I think it goes back to what you said with this minimal stimulation to allow those reflexes to kick in yes exactly and the baby can technically be kept under the water mm. for a minute or two mm. even more there's no big rush to bring them out to no. start that breath yes. you know and very often especially in a hands-off birth the baby I mean you mentioned the doctor saying about we're not dolphins but sometimes the baby does emerge really slowly and almost float up to the surface and wriggle around because they are still in the water, but now they have more space. So they're doing the same movements than they would have done while they're in utero, but now there's more space and they come up to the surface on their own. It's such a beautiful, gentle landing for mm. the baby to mm. come onto mm. Earth. So yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful transition from water into water. You know, in terms of safety, as long as all those requirements are being met in terms of, you know, the monitoring of the mom and baby during labor, the water temperature being correct, the sterile environment, just, in, you know, making sure it's... Um, and, and actually, when we talk about a sterile environment, a lot of con moms have a concern about um, any other bodily fluids that are mixed in the water so if the you know we spoke about in one of our episodes having a poop yes. while you're pushing that does still sometimes happen yes. and obviously that means that that is in the water and while we do carry a little sieve that we are able to fish that out and discard it and it's one of those things where we just know everything is working right it's not a big thing um, it also goes back to the, being the microbiome, you know, you are exposing your baby to all the correct yes. microbiomes, you know, that is that they've already been exposed to. Yeah. So And it's no big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a bad thing at all. It is all your bodily fluids that they're already exposed to. As we said before, you know, when we see poop it's a good thing. It's a great thing. I mean, babies I know around them. the corner. Exactly. If I see that, I know baby's next. 
Yes. So, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> As it's important to note that some hospitals, even though they have birth pools, don't allow you to birth in them. Yes. They only allow you to labor in them. And it's a good, it's a, thanks for pointing that out, actually, because um, there's two aspects to water birth. One is laboring in the water and the other is birthing in the water. Yes, and water birth isn't for everyone. Not everyone likes it. And some moms who really were completely determined to have a water birth got to the point and said, no, I want to get out or I need to get out. So it always, always goes back to trusting what you feel is right in that moment. And you won't know what feels right till you're in the moment, but know that you can go into it trusting that you'll know what's, what's needed. So if you feel at the end when baby's about to be born that you want to get out, then get out. Yes. That's probably what you need to do. It's amazing if you've got that choice mm. to birth in water or on land mm. and not have to birth on land because they don't do water births. Although I have been in some situations where those hospitals don't allow yes. birthing in water, but where that baby is just, oops. Me too. <laughs> and or where the land. mother is like, I'm not getting out. Yes, and then there's just, and you know, there's nothing more stubborn than a woman who's yes in transition and birthing her baby. I'm just, There's no arguing with her, and then neither should there be. Yes. So if she says, I'm not getting out, I'm not getting out, and you know that then she's managing, and she knows exactly what she's doing, and as long as we don't interrupt that flow, as long as we don't try and interfere, as long as we don't try and change anything, the reason she's saying I'm not getting out is because she knows exactly what she's doing, and if we let it happen, that baby will emerge very soon after. We have to trust her. I've been listening to an audiobook birth give birth like a feminist oh yes i'm really enjoying it wonderful and in the beginning part she talks about women asking if they are allowed to do something and it was really enlightening to me because that is a question that often pops out of the mom's mouth am i allowed to do x y and z and actually why should she have to ask that i couldn't agree more Absolutely. And and it's it's become, I see it all the time in the forums. Am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to do that? And it shouldn't be a question you're asking. It's like, this is what I'm going to do. If they have a birth pool in the hospital, then you can give birth in that pool. Mm. Mm. The mm. care provider must somehow get comfortable with it. You know what I love about <laughs> that? Birth allowed, spelled A-L-L-O-W-E-D, so allowing yes. and then allowed a-l-o-u-d speak out loud <laughs> i love that it works both ways birth allowed and birth allowed yes yes so yeah i love that perspective and i think it's something for the listeners to think about you know because you will find yourself hearing something or wanting something um, and and the first question that might pop up, even without realizing it, is, oh, I wonder if I'll be allowed to do that. So rather than thinking, well, will I be allowed? How can I make this possible? If I've heard about it, if it's been spoken of, yes, of yes. course it is. Another reason why they would say you're not allowed into the water is if your waters have broken. But there have been studies to show that being in water does not increase the risk of infection, even if the waters have broken. And to add on to that, the vagina is not a straw. <laughs> you took my words. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. It's not a straw. Yeah. <laughs> so use the water. It's such an amazing tool. Yeah, you'd hate to think that just because your waters are broken, you're now not able to get into a pool. You know, and everything, obviously there's always exceptions and there's always considerations, but in the majority of labors that are progressing well, just go right ahead. And to stagger your pain relief mm. and your natural forms of pain relief, starting from massage to you saving the water and the pool for when you really need it, mm. when you really want it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than those ones where they do stagger it and then by the time they're ready for it, it's almost too late. Oh, yeah, that does happen. <laughs> that does happen. Yeah. <laughs> but then that's also okay. You know, yes. I think we've spoken about that before where you know, we, where things happen faster than what you expect. I know it's always something to get your head around when you realize that you've progressed faster than you expected, but it's kind of like a little switch that you want to prepare yourself to have to flick on or off when you, when and if you get to that point, you know, where you can say, oh, right, I wasn't expecting that, but I'm there now, I can do this. Because if you have got to that point where whatever you wanted is not available or possible anymore, it means you, you've progressed faster than expected and things are going really 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 well so kind of just oop, take that in and keep going yes just keep going keep going um, I'm sure there's so many more things we can talk about when it comes to water birth um, but I think I want to end off just by saying that it is a really effective form of pain management it definitely has been shown to not necessarily speed up but to allow labor to progress smoother and and far and therefore faster but i don't you know there's so much emphasis placed on speeding things up and making things going faster that's not the point yes it's just about progressing smoother which ultimately does end up being quicker but you never knew how long it was going to be anyway exactly so it's not necessarily because you want to make it quicker it's just because it's making it more manageable and for many women enjoyable yes very and as a doula, you can still provide a lot of physical support with the mom in the water. Mm-hmm. You can still massage areas of her body that she wants support with. And she can use the gas in the water as well. And you I've, can have like a triple whammy of everything going. A little bit of everything. And I've also spent hours sitting besides where you've got a jug and you're pouring water down her yes. back or down her front or whatever, <laughs> which is incredibly soothing. Yes. So that's another lovely way of... Mm. And it's what you mentioned, you know, the counter-irritants or the distraction methods because that constant pouring of warm water, it's the sound, it's the feel, it's a completely sensory environment. I'd like to just add to that and say that if you haven't done any mental preparation Mm. before your birth, then sometimes the water doesn't help at all. Yeah. Well, I'd say that probably nothing helps if you haven't done the mental preparation. It's true. Because if you haven't done the mental preparation and things are more intense than what you expected, it will more than likely send you into a state of kind of panic and overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And it's that fear, tension, pain cycle, which is very difficult to get out if you don't have any extra tools. Yeah, and coping mechanisms if you haven't prepared yourself for it. So water birth is not the be-all and end-all of pain relief. It really can enhance a calm labor. Mm. It's another one of those things to have in your toolbox. Yes. And if it isn't available where you are, then it's always available at home. True. You know, before you get in there. 
or I've also been in hospitals where it wasn't available just because there wasn't even a bathtub and we've spent time in the shower. So mm. it's a soothing effect of water. Yes. You're not going to get the buoyancy and that sort of all of those other effects, but it can still be incredibly soothing. The sound of the water, the pressure of the water on your back mm. can be very, very soothing. Mm. And I'd like to end with this lovely quote. Oh, yeah, I love a quote. From Michelle O'Don, famous French obstetrician. People never sing except in the bathroom. Birthing women also make their natural sounds next to running bath water. There is something about the power of water. People are drawn to water, spas and sacred streams. Women in labor are drawn to water too. Love that. That's true, actually. Women are very watery yes. in pregnancy. Yes. You know, that's why they're so emotional. They're soft and they flow. And Great. I think that's a great place to end. So water birth for relaxation, pain relief, freedom from gravity, and facilitation of the progress of your labor. And on that note, every week we cover topics of pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. We read your letters and interview relevant people to bring you the most up-to-date information in every podcast. We do our research thoroughly on every episode and we offer advice and tips to cover all bases, whatever topic we're covering. We share recommendations and anecdotes, both funny and serious. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please help us to keep on going by sharing with your friends and any preggy bellies that you come across. Our comprehensive antenatal course is also up for grabs on our website, so please go check it out. And as always, yours in pregnancy and beyond. Thanks for listening and see you next week. See you next week.